It's the Firm Foundation Media Podcast. Good afternoon and welcome to a holiday edition of the Magic Time Podcast. I'm Scott Squires and pleased again to be joined by the head coach of the Moncton Magic. This is Joe Salerno with us. Good afternoon, coach. Thanks for hanging out again. Hey, Scott. No problem. Happy holidays. Thank you very much. Same to uh, to you and to all your family as well. Only a couple of days away. Hard to believe. Are you ready? Yeah, you know what? I, I think the last time we spoke, you asked me if I had any Christmas shopping done. And I, I think I just polished it off this morning, so I'm, I'm feeling much more prepared <laughs> than I was a week ago. Me too. I went and did the last of it this afternoon. I had to get some stocking stuffers for my daughter, and I went to the Superstore here in Truro. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I almost well, felt anywhere, anywhere around Mapleton Drive here in Moncton. It's, it's kind of like going to war right now. You prepared for the traffic <laughs> yeah, and the people, and uh, but I was glad I got I got pretty much all of it done today. Well, speaking of uh, some early Christmas presents, uh, you and the Magic made that trek uh, across the causeway into Cape Breton and uh, played back-to-back home games. Uh, against the Cape Breton Highlanders. Never an easy game uh, down there in Cape Breton at Center 200. Uh, first of all, let's talk about that game on Tuesday, uh, the 19th. A razor-thin victory, a low-scoring affair, 88-87. Uh, your, your recollections and thoughts on that? Oh, it was, a, it was certainly a game we had to kind of grind out and, and kind, of, kind of battle through. Um, you know, we did travel down to Cape Breton that day. You know, which is a pretty lengthy bus drive, um, but uh, it's tough. It's tough to go down there, and, and you know, it's a long drive. And um, you know, the fans are are certainly uh, colorful down in Cape Breton. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a tough game. It was certainly one we had to kind of battle through. I, I don't think we played you know particularly well, um, but you know, good teams find a way to win. You know, even when they don't play well. And I thought that's what we did there on Tuesday night. And that's you know what you're absolutely right. And, and sometimes. Uh, you know, things may not all be going your way uh, on any end of the floor, but when you can kind of grind out a road victory like that, uh, it can help. Uh, you know, you look down the box score, uh, you know, Terry Thomas again, really just blossoming and growing game after game with 24 points. Jeremy Williams, one of the guys that you've talked about as kind of being a key to how everything flows on your team on the floor. 21 points, uh, and then double-A Anthony Anderson with 15, and another Al Stewart line, uh, four assists, 10 rebounds, nine points for Al. But anything else uh, from that game that you took away in terms of your starter's performance or any kind of um, input that you got off the bench? Um, you know, I think, obviously, Terry is, is doing Terry things, and he continues to... I think impressed me and an awful lot of people here uh, at the start of this season. Uh, his perimeter shooting has come such a long way, and, and he hit a really, really big three ball there late in the fourth quarter that uh, that put us up. And um, so he, he was spectacular. And you know, Jeremy Williams, he had 21. He really struggled in the first half. I think he had 17 in the second half. So um, you know, that was a, a big reason why we were able to pull out that victory. Was you know, Jeremy started being aggressive there late in the fourth quarter and. I think at one point he might have scored 10 straight for us. So, um, you know, those two guys stepped up when we needed them to down the stretch in a, in a tight game. and um, You know, but again, that's, that's kind of what we expected them. And then you talk about scheduling anomalies. Uh, you had that game on Tuesday evening, 
And then a midweek game, you had to turn around, and uh, I think one of the tweets I sent out was basketball for breakfast. Uh, 11 a.m. on Wednesday, uh, a big crowd on hand as the Highlanders were hosting over 3,000 students from surrounding schools in the Cape Breton Region Municipality. But again, a big crowd on hand, an early morning start. Before we just get to the game itself, what have you ever had a turnaround like that where you've had an, an evening game? And then literally had to get up and, and have breakfast and go play. No, I, I certainly have, you know. But I, I was a I was a proponent of, of the event. I thought it was a, a great event by the Highlanders to put on to, to get a lot of you know children. It's kind of a, a nice Christmas gift for a lot of those kids that probably don't get to see games. Um, so really, kudos to Kate Brenton for, for setting that up and Tyrone Levinston, and it made for a great atmosphere down there. But no, it's not anything I've I've ever had to go through, and I, I highly doubt anything our players have had to go through. Um, I think we got out of the gym around 10 o'clock on uh, Tuesday night, and, and then you know we were back at the gym by 9 a.m. on Wednesday morning. So it was certainly a, a quick turnaround. Um, you know, not something I think any of us would want to do too often, but I think it was for a, for a great cause down there in Cape Breton. Yeah, and, and before again we get to the game, maybe just we'll talk a little bit more about that for a second. You're absolutely right. Saw some pictures. Uh, from the event, and I know the Deputy Commissioner, Audley Stevenson, has tweeted out some pictures of the crowd as well, but what a wonderful uh, number of fans in attendance, and as you said, a lot of kids. What was that like to be out there? And I listen, I, I lived down in Cape Breton and Sydney for two years. I know what the fans are like. They're a pretty passionate bunch. Uh, what was that atmosphere like on a, a lunchtime game with that many people in the house? Uh, it was. I mean, it was exciting. You know, any, anywhere, whether you're playing at home or whether you're playing on the road, you know, during warm-ups, when you, when you start seeing the building really fill up, you know, it just adds an, another level of excitement. Um, you know, the kids were, were certainly excited to be there. I think there was about 3,000 students there and, and a little over 4,000 fans at the game. So um, it made for a great atmosphere. And, and the, the, the kids were certainly, certainly loud and, and a lot of yelling going on and a lot of screaming and... Um, you know, we, we caught some some playful boos during starting lineups. It was, <laughs> was fun to hear, and um, you know, the guys had a good time with it. And and these guys, you know, they lived to play, and they lived to play in front of people and, and put on a show. And uh, it was it was exciting. It was it was really a great uh, great experience. Now, talking about the game again, you had that low scoring tight affair the night before, mm-hmm. one point victory, and this one was pretty much a seesaw game as well, back and forth, lead changes all the way around. Uh, but it was the fourth quarter, and my partner in that uh, broadcast games for the Magic, the home games, David Tingley, and I have talked several times throughout the season that this team seems to have a way sometimes in the fourth quarter just to kind of flip a switch. And it was the fourth quarter that was all the difference for you guys. You outscored the Highlanders 32-23 in that fourth quarter en route to the 104-101 victory. But again, Coach, just uh, your thoughts and your reflections uh, on that big second win in a row in Cape Breton? Well, it was just that. It was a really big win. I mean, uh, you know, the standings are so tight and, and there's so much parity in the league. Um, if you can, anytime you can get two wins in a row and, and do it within 48 hours, it, it gives you a little boost, right, in those standings. And um, so it was a big win. You know, as far as the, the fourth quarter, um, you know, the last six or seven minutes, I I made a comment to a couple of people at, at our event last night, you know, from about the 12-minute mark, the seven-minute mark of the fourth quarter, those first five minutes, it kind of looked like two bad heavyweights, you know, in the 15th round, <laughs> going punch for punch, and 
you know, there was a really lack of energy, and, and we, we took a time out and, and really kind of got on them and, and just kind of demanded, hey, pull through this, you know, fight through this. The team that can, can find that last bit of energy uh, these, these last six minutes is the team that's going to win this ball game, and, and they did that, and they responded. And, um, you know, we, we've had a, a great focus this year on nutrition and, and on what our players are, are putting into their body and, um you know, we're working with, with Ali Manship, who does a great job uh, as our team nutritionist. And, you know, we're, we're really kind of feeling that that's, you know, what these guys put into their body could give them that, that extra bit of push late in games. And, and I think I think we saw some of that um, in that game. It was like we had a, a little left in the tank. Um, and like I said, I mean, but the guys hit shots and, and they left it out there. It was, it was a tight game and it was a battle. And it was certainly one we were happy to come away with a win. And, you know... Of course, you got the usual suspects stepping up. Anthony Anderson, 28 points, uh, nine rebounds, eight of them on the defensive glass. Al Stewart with 14 points, 12 rebounds in total, nine defensive boards. Terry Thomas with another big game, 19 double digits as well for Jeremy Williams with 13 points. But maybe, Coach, just talk a little bit about, I mean, Al Stewart and Anthony Anderson, easy to talk about those guys all the time, but... From a physical standpoint, two of the more diminutive guys on your team, yet there they are combining for 21 rebounds and 17 of those on the defensive glass. Where do these guys get that energy to play like that under the rim? I mean, I, I think it, it just has a lot to do with, with them being veterans. And, and you know, they, they play full possessions. And they understand the value of, of limiting second-chance shots you know, for opposing teams. Um, you know, Al Stewart has a motor that, that never stops, and, you know, all he wants to do is win. And I've seen it just year after year. Um, you know, the size just really doesn't play a factor with him at all. It's really the size of his heart. And, you know, I know it's a cliche, but it's, it's the truth when it comes to Al Stewart. So he's always been a great rebounder from the guard position. And, um, you know, double-A I don't think was, was all that pleased with how he played the night before. He struggled a little bit. And, um you know, I think the only thing that was going to kind of get him over that was making sure we picked up a second win. So, so down the stretch, he kind of let let, let it all out there and, and um, came up with some some big rebounds as well. <laughs> now, of course, the starters did their thing, but pretty nice contribution off the bench as well. And and you know, in the NBL, it's so important. Well, basketball in general, you've got to have a deep team. You've got to have a good bench. And you guys got twenty six points out of your bench. How have you seen your bench players and your role players coming along now as we're getting a pretty good chunk of the way into the year? You know, they're just starting to come, come around. I thought, I thought Denzel Taylor was, was great for us uh, off the bench uh, in that Wednesday morning game. He actually came up with a few huge defensive stops, blocks in the, in the final three minutes of that game, uh, which, was, which was really big. And, and Terrell Baines was starting to come around a little bit. I think he was starting to find a little rhythm offensively. You know, Terrell, people don't, really know or, or I think think of it when they think of Terrell. I mean, they think of him as a physical presence inside and a guy who's, who's going to bang a little bit and, and be athletic down there in the paint, but Terrell's a great pick-and-pop 15-foot jump shooter. Um, and, you know, he, he found that shot three or four times in that game, so you know, I've talked with Terrell quite a bit about you know, we, we need him to score the bench, and, and we need him to to look for that shot, look for those shots in rhythm, and, and um, you know, I thought he took a step forward in that vein in that game Wednesday so it was nice to see the, the bench step up a little bit uh, and, and help us get that win and speaking of bench roster team personnel 
The Moncton Magic, uh, up until a couple of days ago, I was discussing with some colleagues that it's so far the only team in the NBL so far this season that hasn't had to make any kind of roster move. But a big roster move announcement today, and uh, by all accounts, a great addition for the Moncton Magic by adding a NBL veteran in Brent Jennings. Uh, how did that come about, and what does he bring to the team for fans of the Magic? Um, well, Brent and I have been talking a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, as I've been commenting in, in the press, you know, we're, we were kind of lacking a little bit of a consistent third score uh, on this team, and, and I think our, our numbers have proven that. You know, Double A and, and Terry Thomas have been carrying a pretty big load scoring-wise, so we were certainly looking for um, another score. We were also looking for somebody that, that could be versatile, similar to a Jeremy Williams, and, and that's really kind of how we'll look to use Brent. You know, he can play that smaller four uh, for us as, as well as he can play the wing, of course. Um, I found that a lot of teams in our conference this year, they're really going small. They're playing a lot of small ball, and and they're switching things a lot, which would really kind of take you out of offensive rhythm. So, you know, I wanted to add another piece that, that would allow us to also play that style when we wanted to uh, or if we needed to. Um, and a guy that could certainly take a little pressure off of, of Terry and AA and, you know, certainly give them a little bit more of a, of a rest throughout the course of games, which is something I want to be conscious of as the season goes on. But, uh, you know, I've known Brent for a long time. He's played for me previously. Um, he has a lot of experience in the NBL Canada you know, he's never averaged less than 16, 17 points a game in this league. Um, you know, he's a he's an underrated perimeter shooter. You know, which is something else that that I thought we needed a little bit of. So, I think it's a it's a great fit for us, and it certainly is a, another serious weapon. Um, you know, that we'll be able to, to start bringing into games. And of course, uh, had to make move, uh, room on the roster. Uh, Tim Mitchell, who's been getting some rehab on an injury. Uh, goes to the uh, to the reserves. Uh, what can you tell us about where things are with Tim? Well, yeah, I mean Tim has, has had a, a, a real nagging knee injury. He's had a lot of inflammation in his knee, and, and the kind of constant pounding on it certainly doesn't help it much. Um, you know, we sat him down for about a week. You know, a, a couple of days ago or two weeks ago, I think we rested him for about a week, and uh, it just wasn't enough rest. You know, I think with the injury that Tim has. It requires recovery time, legitimate recovery time. Um, so, you know, again, we're, we're going to kind of see how things go. And, um, you know, Tim is going to continue to rehab and, and rest the knee a little bit. And um, he just hasn't been able to perform, you know, at, at his normal level and kind of what's been expected of him. And he's been frustrated by that uh, as well. So, you know, we're, we're going to see how things pan out and, and certainly let Tim get some rest here. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll make some decisions here a couple weeks from now. And when can fans expect to see uh, the new addition, Brent Jennings, uh, getting inserted into the lineup? Because I'm sure there's, you know, he's got to get there and get settled in. But uh, when can fans expect to see him wearing the, uh, the colors of the Magic? Uh, we expect to have him in the lineup on Boxing Day. Um, he'll actually be arriving um, on Christmas Eve. And, um, you know, we'll probably have a, a light walkthrough on uh, probably the night of, of Christmas. Um, we'll, we'll get out on the floor a little bit. Guys have a couple of days off between now and then, so um, just to get him acclimated, you know. But, but Brent is a veteran guy, and, and he's so versatile. Um, he's not going to need a lot of time to, to pick up what we're trying to do, and I think he'll be able to fit in and, and really kind of be a factor right away. And you know, it's a very close fraternity, sports and basketball, certainly specifically. And you know, I follow you on Twitter, Coach. Just so you know, 
But I saw uh, a tweet from uh, Mr. Clutch on Twitter today saying, big signing, Coach Salerno, you've built a squad. Uh, what can you tell us about Mr. Clutch and uh, kind of the camaraderie that you have with players that may not even be on your team that you've just kind of gotten to know over the years? Yeah, it's, it's Brandon Robinson, you know, B-Rob or, or Mr. Clutch. And uh, Brandon and I are, are extremely tight. You know, I, I, I got to coach Brandon for, for two seasons um, you know, one of those seasons was a, was a finals run, and, and another season was a you know uh, Atlantic Division uh, championship. So uh, we're, we're really close, you know, and we still communicate an awful lot. And you know, that, that's a great part of coaching, especially guys at this level. You get to know them, you get to establish relationships with them. You know, I've known Brandon going on seven years now, and he's playing in Chile. He's doing extremely well. Um, you know, he was there last season, and I continue to follow him, and, and I'm a fan of his. Um, and, and we're, you know, we're pretty close. So, you know, we'll send text messages back and forth every once in a while, just you know, how everything's going. And, um, you know, it's, it's nice to see some support, you know, from former players on, on what you're trying to do now. And, of course, I always try to support guys in, in their future endeavors and what they've moved on to. So, yeah, it was a nice tweet from uh, from, from B Rob this morning. And uh, I certainly wouldn't mind seeing him in a Magic uniform. You know, I, I don't think a lot of people would. He, he's just uh, he's one of the best. He's one of the best that's ever played in this league. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm extremely happy for him and certainly happy to, to hear from him today. Well, uh, I gave him a follow on Twitter, and uh, maybe we'll make sure that we tweet out the link for the live stream for the next home game on the 29th and uh, give a little shout-out to Mr. Clutch, see if we can sway him to come back up to Canada. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I, I think he's he's doing so well. But, but you know, those guys, they watch games. They So many guys in the NBL Canada, because it's just a different just a different feel because so many of the players know each other you know from whether playing in the united states or playing against each other in college or so many guys play multiple years in this league they, they really get to know each other and establish relationships and um you know it's nothing for these guys in other countries to, to flip on you know youtube or flip on nbo canada website and, and they stay up to date they watch games and they follow games and um i know a lot of players who continue to follow this league because they have such close relationships with players that still play in it. Well, I know it's great for me because I get to say hi to Terrell Bain's grandmother, Janie, down in the <laughs> Carolinas. So that that's another benefit of the of the live stream. But let's look ahead now, Coach. Uh, you got a few days off. Uh, I know we, we've talked before, and, and you never really are out of the game, even though you'll be enjoying the holidays and Christmas with your family. Uh, hard not to think about the Boxing Day game on the 26th over in Charlottetown against an Island Storm team that has kind of had the Magic's number so far this year. Uh, you know, as you're game planning now, you got a bit of a roll going with uh, those couple of wins down in Cape Breton. Uh, what things are you looking to tweak? What things are you going to bring over to the Island for that Boxing Day game that are going to get you guys a better result? Well, I think we need to just truly be focused on just the game plan that we put in front of the guys going into that game. You know, I think we knew this year just with just with the relationship here, kind of between former you know, Storm players and, and Magic players and, and myself. And I think sometimes it was easy to get get a little, you know, clouded or, or not necessarily be in the right frame of mind um, playing a game against them. You know, it certainly has become a rivalry here in this division, and um, we just need to focus on what we have to do to, to beat a pretty good team. You know, they have a, a dynamic backcourt uh, with Frank Sessions and Andre Stringer and. Um, you know, Tyler Scott is starting to come to life over there, which I which I knew he would. Um, 
we just have to go over there and, and, and kind of play our brand of basketball and, and not, you know, get caught so much up in the, in the trap. I think that's the way the Storm want to play. They certainly want to get up a lot of shots. And um, we just have to kind of play our, our way, play our style, and try to dominate the glass like, like you know, we have in previous matchups anyway. Um, but, again, just focus on us. Focus on the game plan. Put everything else to the side and, and just go in and, and try to get a road win. Treat it just as if we did. You know, when we went to Halifax, when we went to Cape Breton. It's, a, it's another game. It's a road game. And we'd certainly like to finish this, uh, this you know, five-game road trip with a 4-1 record. Well, that would certainly be a great holiday treat for you, the team, and for the fans as well. That game, again, will be in Charlottetown on Boxing Day. 2 o'clock Atlantic time is the start there. And again, check out the Moncton Magic uh, website. They always have the link to the live stream game as well as the NBL Canada site. And before I let you go, Coach, just to go back and talk about a couple of things that, that are kind of interesting. A really nice holiday gathering put on by the ownership group. Uh, of the Moncton Magic last night at the Coliseum for the team and and some other folks around the team. I was uh, fortunate enough to be invited and to be able to attend. And, you know, even though there was a little bit of tongue-in-cheek, you mentioned the nutrition side of it earlier, and I was kind of listening and watching all of the guys because there was some real good food put out, but they were kind of all joking and looking over and going, hey, is it okay if I eat this? Because is this part of the plan? Is this... You know, how much of the buy-in to that is going to pay dividends down the road in this, you know, kind of a marathon season? Well, I'm, I'm hoping an awful lot. And, you know, I think it's we, – we've been pretty consistent with this nutrition program. And, and again, working with, with Allie, uh, the team nutritionist, she's done a great job so far. And, you know, she was in attendance last night, so I'm, I'm sure the guys were kind of looking out of the corner of the eye. And <laughs> yeah. she, she was keeping an eye on them. Um, but, you know, I think there's starting, we've been so consistent with it that it's starting to become habit, um, you know, as far as the guys always kind of, you know, making sure they know what they're putting into their body. Um, and I think it's becoming habit without them even really knowing, which is which is great. I mean, that's kind of what you want to happen. Um, so it, it's been going well so far, and the guys, you know, some of them have, have taken it to it right away. Um, you know, others, it's taken a little a little while longer to, to really commit to it. But um, so far, it's been great. And, yeah, there was a lot of great food there last night. And, you know, hopefully the guys did enjoy themselves and they ate what they wanted to eat. Uh, <laughs> because last night was certainly just supposed to be a, a relaxing time and a time just to kind of enjoy each other's company. Well, you know something? Getting a chance to be around the guys uh, kind of ties back into that tweet that we referenced earlier from B-Rob where he said you're building a squad. And just maybe on a a comment from me and maybe to get you to pick up on it. I think the tweet was talking about the squad on the floor, but getting to spend time away from the basketball floor, as I did last night with these guys in more of a social setting, there's a real squad taking place off the floor, like the camaraderie and the friendship. Um, Sometimes you'll hear a team talk about it, but it's really just lip service there really seems to be a tight bond and a really kind of cool dynamic going on with the players on this team. I've mentioned it before, but a nice blend of veterans and rookies. And maybe from a coaching perspective, what is it that you see when you watch these guys away from the floor? Yeah, I see that as well. I mean, I, I see it all the time. Um, like I said, there, there isn't many players on this team that are really concerned about you know, the individual and individual accolades and they, they really just are here and, and they want to win. And, and when that's a common goal, 
uh, it certainly can get it can be much easier to get along with each other. Um, so many of these guys that have known each other for a long time, for four, five, six, seven years, even playing against each other or playing with each other on other teams. So um, there was a lot of familiarity, and then I think again you you combine that with some some new faces, some rookies that are just really good guys as well, and, and guys that uh, have been easy to to get along with and kind of break into that veteran camaraderie and, and um, no it's, it's, it's pleasant it's fun you know sometimes I'll sit on the bus and, and I'll just listen to them you know I may have my earphones in but nothing's playing just because <laughs> I enjoy hearing the banter and, and hearing the arguments about who's better Kobe or LeBron or you know what video games are. it's just it's just fun to to listen and um, you know it's certainly an enjoyable bus ride home from Cape Breton after two wins so uh, no it's, it's a great group they're a lot of fun to work with well, it was pretty neat. When I went in last night, there was a table with Anthony Anderson, Al Stewart, uh, Terrell Baines, um, Tim Mitchell, and gosh, I'm trying. Oh, and Terry Thomas. And I walked by and I said, Can I sit here? Guys are like, Yeah, yeah, come and sit down. And I said, You know, this was just like in high school when I got invited to sit at the cool table. <laughs> and I sat there, and, and to your point, coach. I just kind of hung out with them and listened to their banter for a little while, and it was it was a real treat. So you know, I, I can see what it is that you're saying. They're a good bunch. Yeah, they are. And those are some some pretty cool cats you were sitting with there. Last <laughs> yeah, night. you know, Double A and, and Al Stewart and, and you know Terry and those guys. Yeah, that's a that's a fun group to be around. And, and I, you know, last night they were really just kind of cutting back. They weren't, uh, you know, they really didn't have to focus on any basketball, and they could kind of just relax and be themselves and. Yeah, I think it was great. I think they really enjoyed it, and I think they certainly enjoyed your your company as well. So, uh, no, it was it was a nice little team last night. Well, and I, I'm looking forward to the game on the 29th, your next home game against the Riptide. I'm bringing my 12 year old daughter Sophia up along with me. She's going to be really excited to meet these guys and meet you as well. So that's going to be fun. But coach, I can't let you go without talking about a fashion statement that you made last night, and I was totally impressed. And you pulled it off completely. You were rocking the bow tie last night. When are we going to see that on the sidelines for a Magic game? <laughs> you know, I, probably pretty soon. You know, I, I've um, a couple of years ago, it, it kind of became a, a bit of a thing. I, I was given a, a bow tie as a gift for, for Christmas, and uh, I told the person, they're, they're handmade bow ties, and, and I told the person that uh, I gave it to me, I'd wear it on Boxing Day. Um, you know, because the reason why I, I said that is a funny story, Scott. I, I had this green blazer it literally looks like i won the masters <laughs> way back when i was coaching high school basketball uh by my best friend and he said you know if i ever made it to the state championship game i'd have to wear this jacket and i agreed to that so um anyway it's been in the closet for a long time and, and i said you know what let's have a little fun and this bow tie with the green and red christmas bow tie matched perfectly with this jacket so I said, okay, I'll wear it on Boxing Day. I'm actually going to wear this jacket. So I took it to the game, and I had the bow tie, and um, uh, you know, I put the green jacket on. I think I had a pair of slacks, khaki-colored slacks, and I, I put it on in the dressing room, and I said, I look like a clown. I can't wear this out in front of 2,500 people. And, and uh, I ended up not wearing the jacket, but I felt so bad. I, I said, I need to wear the bow tie still. So I had a gray suit. I wore the bow tie. We won the game. I got a lot of nice comments, so I said, okay, I'll wear another bow tie. And we ended up going on a nine-game winning streak, which I, I think is the second longest in NBL Canada history. And um, I wore a different bow tie for every one of those games, and it got to the point that 
fans started voting <laughs> online on social media which bow tie I would wear that night. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was kind of a fun thing. So um, bow tie's been retired for a little while, but, but I'll, I'll break it out at some point this season. Well, listen, man, I, I genuinely... I know I couldn't, but you definitely can pull it off. So we'll look we'll look forward to that making an appearance uh, sometime in the near future. Listen, Coach, thank you so much again for your time. Always so accommodating. We really appreciate you coming on and uh, taking part in the Magic Time podcast. And to your wife, Darcy, and uh, your two kids, uh, wish you a very happy holiday and a Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you very much, Scott. I wish you a Merry Christmas as well, and uh, look forward to, uh, to seeing you on the uh, 29th. Look forward to being there. We will be in the Coliseum on the 29th for your game against the Riptide, and we certainly wish you well over on the island, taking on the Island Storm Boxing Day, 2 o'clock Atlantic time. Coach, all the best to you, sir. We'll talk again soon. All right, thanks, Scott. That's the head coach of the Moncton Magic, Joe Salerno, and this has been Episode 6 of the Magic Time Podcast. I'm Scott Squires. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, my friends, have a great day, and we will talk soon. It's the Firm Foundation Media Podcast.